You know, when Lee asked me way back when if I would be, well, actually, I volunteered. She didn't even ask. Um, I told her I would, I would take one of the Sundays uh, while she was gone. Um, at the time, I had signed up for a class in prayer, and I thought, I'll get everything from my class, and I'll be ready to go. No problem. Well, funny enough that what we decide and what God decides sometimes are a little bit different. And uh, as we got closer to the date, and as I read the scriptures and prepared, um, God took me on a different direction, and, uh, and he sent me on the passage of Ephesians 6.10. And um, I want to start with saying that it talks a lot about the armor. I'm not going to bring in the, the verse about the politics and the government, because if you know me, that's not for me. That's not up for discussion. Um, but I will talk about the armor of God. And uh, looking up the definition as to the word armor, I found that it's any covering that serves as a defense or protection against weapons. Defense or protection against weapons. Hmm. And then I was reading Barclay, which is, has become one of my favorite um, commentary. And uh, he says that we might be able to stand after we have done all the things that are in our duty. So the weapon and the armor is going to be the protection after we have done everything else that God has appointed or has called us to do. And uh, verse 10 says that we need to be strong in the Lord. I take that as as a challenge not to rely so much on the armor itself, because that might fail. But we need to stand strong in the Lord. And, uh, and, and that means having my feet planted on earth and having my stance ready for whatever the world might bring. Because I know that right in front of me is God, but also behind me is God. Because he is there to catch me no matter how hard somebody might, how hard somebody might attack. The, um, the strength of God is with me. And he also says on verse 10 that it is in his strength of his might. So it is the mighty hand of God that is going to help us conquer. And it is the mighty hand of God that should be uh, in the center of our armor. Barclay also said that in, in the times of um, when the biblical, when Peter was, um, was writing this, when Paul was writing this, I'm sorry, um, he was talking about physical, um, physically being chained and being a prisoner and being chained to a guard every day so that they wouldn't escape. Because they probably knew that um, God had his tricks and maybe was going to help them get away. So they, they noticed that, okay, we're going to have to do it 24-7, chained to a soldier. But um, if he wasn't talking in this 
chapter, he was not talking about that um, battle, but against the battles that um, might not be seen. Spiritual battles, spirits, uh, evilness, wickedness. So that is the sense that um, I want us to kind of focus on a little bit more today. So we're going to translate the armor of a soldier into Christian terms. And the Bible says that we need to take the belt of truth. Um, Annie, who comes to mind? Wonder Woman. <laughs> you know, she had the belt of truth or the, or the lasso of truth. And, uh, and that's what we need to think about. We need to... Um, to know that in a belt is going to allow us to move quickly, to have our hands free, to have our um, feet free, and to be able to not have to hold our pants up or uh, to have our belt where we can put some uh, tools that we might be using so that way we are able to move freely about our daily lives. If I'm focusing on a teacher, then a teacher is going to have, some teachers have kind of like a little apron, and we kind of have magic pockets because we keep pulling stuff out. And, uh, and we never know when we're going to need our hands. So our hands always have to be free. And so the belt of truth is going to be able to allow us to move quickly. And the belt of truth is going to also uh, show others that we are living by the word of God. Next comes the breastplate of righteousness. What does that mean? That we have to carry something really heavy all the time in front of us? Uh, The way things are going and and the news get reported every time, you almost feel like if you're going into a school, you almost need something heavy to protect you. But that's not what uh, the armor of God as a Christian should be. Our breastplate should be the breastplate of righteousness because if we are righteous, it, we kind of become impregnable. Nothing could get through us because the righteousness is going to protect us. The righteousness is going to be kind of like, I, I see it as a blinding factor. If we are righteous, we're going to blind everybody else that is against us or not uh, willing to to be kind or to love others. So we need to blind everybody with our righteousness. And then it talks about the feet and um, wear what is comfortable for you to be able to go out and speak and uh, show others the love of God. I know that my sister loves her heels. Uh, The higher the shoes, the better the shoes. Uh, more power to her that she can wear those shoes, uh, especially when she's teaching, you will find me with my tennis shoes. doesn't mean that she's better than I am or I am. Don't say anything to Titi. Um, (laughs) But, you know, we, we each have to be comfortable wearing the shoes that are going to take us in the direction that God wants us to go. We need to be ready to go spread the gospel of God. And uh, no matter what 
your job is, no matter where you are, you don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be a student. You don't even have to be working. Those of you that are retired, you need better shoes because you're going to be everywhere. You need a better uh, breastplate because you're going to be out there in the world more than we are in the confined bubble of our classroom or our office. So everybody needs to wear the shoes that are going to help them become the type of person and to show others uh, the love of God through either going to help them or moving around and taking the word of God to them. And then the shield also has to be a shield of faith. And uh, I always say that as Christians, our number one um, thing is faith. We believe without seeing. We believe without having to touch. We believe just by reading the scriptures. And that faith is going to help us against the temptations. And these are the types of temptations that the Bible is talking about. All the spiritual, all the wrongdoings that are going on in the world, that type of temptation, that's where we need the field of faith. Knowing that God is truly in front of us. God is also truly behind us to catch us, to kind of feel the questions, feel the blows. And with that faith, then the temptations can become less. With that faith, the temptations can be conquered. And then it says to put the helmet of salvation. Wow. I always think as the head, as the one thing that we need to protect the most. And I tell my students, if you don't try a harder problem, you're not exercising your brain. Your brain has to grow, has to develop. And we need to protect that brain. We need to put the brain of salvation. And uh, as I was reading, it was said that it's salvation. That's past. Once we accept God, okay, we're saved forever. That's the way I believe. You might believe something else, and that's fine. But why have the helmet if it already happened? I know that he's going to forgive me, and he forgave me, and, you know, that's it. But the helmet is also going to give us strength because that salvation is going to be kind of tested as we go through our journey in life. And so we need to protect our heads, and the helmet is going to give us the strength. And the helmet is going to remind us to go back to that point in our lives when we decided, you know what? Yes, Jesus, I want you to be my savior. This summer I had the wonderful opportunity to um, have a conversation with my what we decided we were salvation brothers and sisters because even though they're not blood related, we are spiritually related because it is at that point in our lives when we became a family, when we all accepted God, when we all were baptized and to go back and be able to remember, you know, this is the commitment that I made. 
I'm putting on my helmet and I have the strength to continue to go forward. And then the sword. I mean, there are some beautiful swords out there. But again, we're not talking about a physical sword in that sense, but we're talking about the sword as the word of God. And as ancient as it might appear to some of you, especially children, they see this book that was written eons ago, and the wording doesn't make sense, and, you know, what's, what are they trying to say? But if you continue to read the Bible, and if you continue to question some of the things that are here, as we uh, continue on our journey with God, the Bible becomes a defense against all evil doing. And the Bible becomes a help um, when we are attacked. We are prepared to defend ourselves, but we are also prepared to attack in the name of God, using the Bible. But not just using a Bible with one little verse in mind. But remember that Jesus' 11th commandment was to love our neighbor as ourselves. It doesn't say love your neighbor only if they are living by, you know, the description on Hebrews or on, you know, 1 Kings or, you know, Galatians. No. The Bible, the, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Yes, there are times when we don't like ourselves, when we think, I just, ugh, I'm not feeling it today. And there are times that we're going to get that feeling towards our neighbors, towards our fellow men. But ultimately, we have to love ourselves. And that's my, you know, first challenge is for you to love yourself no matter what. Because you need to remember that you are a child of God. And if you love yourself with all your uh, mistakes, with all your uh, shortcomings, then you're going to be able to love all those around you no matter what. And we are being asked to pray for our fellow Christians, our fellow soldiers. Pray for them, but not just pray once in a while. And this is where my original sermon was going to be. I'm not going to say it, don't worry. Um, but three things about prayer is that prayer has to be constant. Not just when we're in trouble. Not just when we're hurting not just when we need something, but prayer has to be a constant communication with God. Prayer has to be intense. And intense can be interpreted depending on who you are and how you like to prayer, your prayer time to be. That's up to you as to how intense you go. I know that our uh, readiness 360 is looking for prayer partners. And uh, it is powerful to have somebody that you know is praying for you. It is powerful to have somebody that 
uh, you meet with and you discuss and you, you know, talk about. And prayer has to be intense. It has to be constant. And it has to be unselfish. When you have a prayer partner, you find yourself praying for your partner more than you're praying for yourself. And that's the beauty of having a prayer partner. It opens up our eyes and our hearts to the needs of others. And so having that as kind of like holding up, I kind of want to see the string of prayer holding the entire armor of God is a powerful thing. It's something that, you know, is going to help us in our daily walk. And in closing, we are told that we are ambassadors. We are putting that armor of God because we are ambassadors of him. And an ambassador is a diplomatic official of the highest rank. So even if you feel, oh, I'm not quite there with my walk or I'm not quite there in my Christian life, The fact that we're sitting here, the fact that you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you have become an official of the highest rank. No matter if that salvation came last night, or if that salvation came this morning, or if that salvation came 50 or 60 years ago, we are all at the highest rank. We are sent by one country to live in another as its representative. Who is or what is our country? Our country, our powerful, the one that is sending us is God. God has given us, our armor has prepared us to become the ambassadors that he wants us to be. And I want to again close saying that Whatever shoes you are wearing, please make sure that you are taking the gospel of peace out into the world. I think that's what's missing in our world today. We're missing soldiers that are ready to put on their tennis shoes, their flip-flops, their high heels, their stilettos whether they're Jimmy Choo's or whatever they are, they have to be ready to spread peace in the world. And that peace can only come from us. We cannot talk about peace without showing everybody what peace is. Inclusive. Love everybody. Love Accept everybody. We all have faults. Don't look at the faults. Don't look at the negative. Focus on the fact that, oh, I woke up. That was something that Floyd always said. How are you, Dad? I'm alive. I opened my eyes. Yes, my legs don't work. Yes, my shoulder hurts. Yes, I can't see very well. But you know what? I'm alive. And let's focus on that. Let's be alive and ready to be God's soldiers, to be ambassadors of 
peace in the world in everything that we do. With that in mind, I have a change um, for our last hymn. And I'm going to tell you now why I made the change. Um, I know that the hymn that I chose initially in my heart is a little controversial at times. And uh, for some reason, it's no longer available in the repertoire of uh, United Methodism in many places. So um, I'm going to dust it off. And uh, instead of singing the last hymn as Be Thou My Vision, we're going to be charged to sing um, Onward Christian Soldiers. I just want you to prepare yourselves, okay? Because I just want some peace. It's not coming up yet. But I want to give you the reasons why. Um, It is not, to me, it's not a hymn of violence and killing, but it is a challenge that God is giving me to become a soldier for his army, dressed in the attire and the armor that is described in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. So keep that in mind as we sing the hymn. You might want to read it before, you know, you go home again because it's, it's got some powerful words there. And it's a reminder that um, as soldiers, we are soldiers taking the gospel of peace, preparing with the armor of God to be peaceful servants and ambassadors of our God and Savior. So before we do that, we can stand. And uh, we can't sing this song sitting down because the title says Standing on the Promises. So I'm going to have you stand and find hymn number 374. And I want you to sing like you're really standing firm. Oh, Patty's ready to go. I'm just giving everybody a chance to find it. And let's stand on that promise of God. And listen to the words. <laughs> 